A good day and welcome to episode 95 of the Plus One Player Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Steve, and this week I'm joined by the Android Queen, Kate. Hello, Kate. How are you? Hello. I'm good. Doing swell. Mm-hmm. Just how was your Labor Day weekend? Did you do anything crazy? Labor Day weekend? Um, I went to CrossFit. Nice. <laughs> so you actually did some labor on Labor Day weekend. I did. Impressive. I did, actually. Good for you. That's yeah. more than I can say. I- I went and- to the gym a lot on Labor Day weekend, actually. Um, there you go. Which is good for me, but most people probably don't think that sounds like a fun weekend. Well, hey, whatever floats your boat, <laughs> as they say. And this week, joined by the Empress of Stardew Valley, Christine. Hello, Christine. How are you? I'm swell. How are you? Doing just great. Still a little... I'm still, like, recovering from the tiredness of uh, that wild yes. weekend in PAX, but... I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I got a couple work at home days coming up, so it's nice. not a tough week for Steve, which is good. <laughs> but happy to be here with you lovely individuals, and we're going to talk about some crazy games. We got all types of games to talk about, but you noticed Manny's not here. It's because he was actually just hanging out on the wing of the plane back from PAX West, and I was like, dude, that's a little crazy. <laughs> You might want to, and then, like, as I was saying, you might want to, he, he went off somewhere. I, I think he's okay. I've seen him tweeting, but I don't know his location, so that's why he's not here with us. But in the meantime, before we get going and before we talk about some fun things this week, because Nintendo Direct just happened, so we're going to be covering that in patch notes. It's going to be a fun time. Before we do that, we got to keep the house, as always, so go check us out on social media at Plus One Player on Twitter and Instagram. Check out us, check us out on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Plus One Player. And, of course, go over to the website, which is Plus One Player.com. There you can get links to Twitch, which is Twitch.tv slash Plus One Player, and a link to our Discord with a wonderful community. We'd love to have you, unless, of course, you're racist, in which case I hope you hang out on the wings of planes as well. So suck it, racists. And after all that, if you enjoy the content, the sweet, sweet PAX content, go subscribe to us because we got some sweet interviews. Go check out all the interviews from PAX West. They're awesome. Talk to some amazing folks. But if you've enjoyed all that, think of heading on over to patreon.com slash plus one player. And if you're feeling generous, throw us a buck or two because every dollar you give us will go right back to the show to make it the best podcast around. And it really helps with those trips to PAX so we can cover this awesome industry for you wonderful people. So if you'd like to be a supporter, we'd love to have you. And, of course, can't finish it up without mentioning the sponsor of the show, Nerdiest Brands, but I'll tell you about that before the topic of the podcast. And with that, the house is clean. We're rocking and rolling into episode 95, five away from the big triple oh, digits. Oh, shit. As long as everything kind of, you know, stays in line, episode 100 should release on October 14th. So, like I said a few weeks ago, if you have some ideas out there mm-hmm. for some of your top 10 moments of the podcast, let us know, either... Find us on social media. Give us a call at 347-509-5620. Going to put together a little top 10 list of the podcast moments. We'd love to hear from the community on what were your favorite moments over the past 100 episodes. I can't believe that we're getting that close, but no. it's coming around. But before we get there, we have to get through episode 95, and we got some things to talk about. So first, we're going to do past the sticks, talk about some things we've been playing as we always do. And then we're going to go into the topic of the podcast, which is all about nostalgia, which is kind of fitting because we've had a lot of kind of re-releases, remakes, remasters, even a bunch today in the Nintendo Direct. So we're going to kind of talk about how nostalgia plays into our perception of these games, 
as they come out again or whether they get remade or remastered or whatever it is, how does that nostalgia kind of impact how we view these games now? And then after that, we'll finish it up with Patch Notes, which is going to focus on the Nintendo Direct that just finished up mere moments ago. Mm-hmm. We're recording this on Wednesday night. So let's get right into it. And we're going to go into Pass the Sticks. And so I'm going to toss the sticks over to Christine. What oh. have you been playing, Christine? Well, uh, I've been playing a couple of horror games recently. So Spooky I, season. Yes. I uh, oh, started playing. Yes, I'm very excited. <laughs> The PSLs are out. The basic white girls are coming out in their Han Solo uniforms. Yeah, Those it's like there's like a call. Boots and vests. <laughs> um, it's like someone activated hate. the signal. Please don't hate. <laughs> it's okay. I literally, <laughs> the day PSLs came out, I was like, yes. And I told Rianne, I'm like, they're out. Go get them. <laughs> and she did. <laughs> um, so I played... I didn't finish it, but I started playing Blair Witch with my friends at our spooky game night party and also did a playthrough of Man of Medan. Very nice. Uh, How was that? Yeah, I did on Saturday. Uh, yeah, it sounds it... like it's a shorter game. <laughs> it is because it's an anthology yeah. series. And yeah. It's only $30. Didn't go so well. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> so it, um, I think out of the five characters we got two of them to survive okay so it's a little could be worse it it could be worse though yeah Yeah. it could have been zero yeah honestly i think part of it is like there was lag and my friend's xbox i think like part of it was that um yeah i know i definitely got qte events timed right and it wasn't registering so i was like whatever it's fine yeah um a lot of fun though a lot of a lot of good scares won't spoil anything because i do you want to How's Blair Witch? With Kate? Because um, I saw that okay. that's on Game Pass, so I wanted yeah. to dabble. Yeah. So I didn't play too much of it because uh, we got stuck at one point and they were like, oh my God, mm-hmm. it's Man of Medan done downloading. Let's play. Uh. <laughs> um, definitely creepy. And then when um, I don't know how much like you really want me to say, but there are things in it that weren't in the movie. And you have a dog. Okay. Which is great. I did see, <laughs> I saw somebody on Twitter commented saying that it's the best Blair Witch thing since the original movie. So yeah, I mean, I, I could see that. Got that going yeah, for. Like, I mean, yeah, I know it's not saying much, very but high. yeah, <laughs> I I heard it was quite good. Um, from a couple reviews that I saw, yeah. so I need to play yeah. more of it. They had it at PAX, but it was just one of those things where I was like, I know I'm gonna play this, so I don't want to like yeah. waste time playing it here. Exactly, well, and it's on Game Pass, so if y'all yeah, want to exactly. visit me, we can play Blair Witch in real life. Yeah, so no, there was a sign. I live like actually kind of <laughs> close to. Uh, it had yeah. um. When we were watching, like, the main guy in the opening cutscene, like, they had, like, he had, like, a sticker or something that had your town on it. I was like, oh, my God. Are you she serious? Said she was... Yeah, I was like, holy shit. She said she lives really close. Yeah. I pass it every time go. I go to my grandparents. So, you know, if we ever want to have a real-life Blair Witch playthrough. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. No. See, if, <laughs> see if anybody winds up in the basement of a creepy house staring, staring at a at wall. Staring at a wall, yeah. Yeah. Um. Also, been <laughs> my bet would be Matt Matt Martinez. Matt Martinez, Blair <laughs> yeah. Blair witching. Just he would he would wall. get Blair witched so fast. He's staring yes. at the wall, holding holding some pottery he made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the sacred pots. The, the sacred the pots idols, of the Blair Witch. Instead of leaving behind idols, he leaves behind pottery of sorts. It's perfectly glazed. Yeah. <laughs> Matt must have done it. <laughs> We need to find him. 
what else have I been playing? Uh, so to to Kate's excitement, I did get Fire Emblem Three Houses, Yay. and I <laughs> I did pick Blue Lion. So play- dabbling in that is really overwhelming. So I'm kind of like, okay, <laughs> but the combat isn't as bad as I was expecting. It's like all this stuff leading up to that, like equipment and classes, all the that yeah. factors. I'm like. Okay, too much. The battling <laughs> itself, though, is pretty easy. Like, I'm like, oh, this is fine. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I, can, I, like, I can definitely see that. Because, I mean, it was, like, overwhelming for me at first, just because they added so much to it this time around mm-hmm. that was not mm-hmm. in previous games. But um, yeah. since the combat is kind of easy, like, you don't need to worry that much about classes, I guess. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I will say, weapon durability, not a fan. Don't like this. Don't worry. You're going to be, by the end, you're going to be, like, rolling in materials. It, it <laughs> rolling in it. I just know. I just. No, I know. Spread out like, amongst the materials. Just, rolling in it. Just rolling in ores. <laughs> there you go. Um, Nothing like and it. And also I've been playing some the- Sea of Thieves as well. Trying to finish up the uh, Shores of Gold quest line. I think I, we have me, Meadow, and uh, our friend Tyler. I think we have two more quests. Or one more, actually. One more quest, so I'm pretty excited about nice. that. Nice. Yes. Okay, I'm tired of talking, so let me pass the sticks to uh, our resident Blair Witcher, Kate. <laughs> yeah. She might what? actually be the Blair Witch. I didn't know that was my question. Let's, let's be real here. It is We've now. We've never seen Kate and the Blair Witch in the same place same. at the same time, so... <laughs> That's why Matt's missing. And I'm not she a big, the camera. I'm not a yeah. big fan of children. This is, <laughs> this is true. It's all adding up. Um, but here on episode yeah, ninety-five. I, let's see. I uh, I finally beat Shadowbringers like two weeks ago. Two nice. Weeks was ago. it? What was it like when you finally brought the shadows? Um, it was great. Well, <laughs> it was great, but it also kind of sucked because I really, really liked the villain this expansion and like yeah. felt really, really sorry for him by the end. That I was. Oh like, wow! I don't want to do this what made like, you feel sorry for him unless that's like spoiling stuff i don't want to okay quick quick spoiler about him he he is like you already knew this this part is not a spoiler he's like this race of like ancient beings yada 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 yep. that um came from like the original planet that eventually got split into like 13 different parallel universes and you're from one of those um and so you you go to this place at the end of Shadowbringers that is basically he recreated like his entire home city with like fake people in it because like oh my god it's like the creeper from Jeepers Creepers <laughs> yeah what well, but they're like he lined they like his have, dungeon with bodies <laughs> they have like the memories of their past selves like they're not aware that they're fake but they're just uh, kind yeah. of like walking around doing their daily business like they did back in the day. So kind of like hosts in Westworld. They don't yeah. know that they're hosts. Yeah, they're just like, they, you know. Did you I show a, them a picture of themselves? I and they said, I don't recognize this. Who always worked at the bank. So I'm here doing Working money at, at the, the bank. bank. Okay. Okay. Um, and okay. it's just like really, really sad. Like, because you're like, wow, you've been like alone for like, I, I don't know how many millennia. And you've just created this town that's like full of like your fake friends because you're so mm. lonely. Um, Sounds like the Sims. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of was. Like, he created his own sins in the shape of his friends because they were all fucking dead. Like, 
And Damn, his, that's super and his depressing. whole plan was like to like reunite the world so he could like finally bring his people back. And I was like, that's mm. gonna kill a lot of people. But I also completely understand why you want to do this because it's kind of like how I can sympathize with Thanos. Like I get it, man. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I I felt quite bad for him. Um, mm-hmm. And you also found out like how their world was destroyed and yeah. it was like the final dungeon is like you play through like the last moments of the final uh, world so it's like all apocalyptic and it was really cool um and like it was all there it was like a tragedy of their own making which was very poetic you know yada mm. yada yada um so yeah okay. it was it was a really good ending i thought it was definitely that last bit was definitely the strongest part mm-hmm. of the whole expansion um mm-hmm. in terms of storytelling so overall, really good expansion. Um, not quite Heavensward level, which is my favorite, but um, it was definitely much better than Stormblood. Okay. Yeah. You know what you so. should do now with all this MMO free time is uh, get Shadowkeep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not done yet, Steve. Oh. <laughs> I'm talking about what I'm playing, and other stuff is coming out soon. Yeah, I know. This, but like, the, this we could go to the like moon. Rough. I know, but like I'm just there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that to came, play right that now. came from the moon. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so the other thing I've been playing a lot of obviously is um Fire Emblem Three Houses. I'm finally on the last map of my playthrough. Like Christine Your first was saying playthrough. Yeah, my first playthrough. Okay. okay. Christine was saying there's a lot of minutiae and it can take a very long time to complete each month just because like <laughs> you got so much stuff to do and i was like grinding for a really long time because i really wanted you know all my people to be like i want you to be this class so you need to get really good at yeah you know, using axes or whatever mm-hmm. um and like by the last three months i was just like fuck it I- <laughs> <laughs> i'll do like one optional battle a month i just like want to get through this um so yeah it's really good i've for those, yeah, I picked Blue Lion's route. I think it turned out to be the most Game of Thronesy route, which was like I didn't pick this on purpose, but I'm glad mm-hmm. I did. But yeah, there's definitely some unanswered questions that make me want to pick another route next time um, because I need some answers to some things that I don't think yeah. I'm gonna get. That info, around. that chart thing you sent was really helpful. Yes, I was talking about it with my friend who's uh, playing it, and. Uh, I was telling him about it. He's like, oh, send that to me. Send that to me. Yeah. Like, so he's using it now to, like, figure out what he wants to do next. Because I think he, he picked Blue Lions first. So Yeah. that. So for those who don't know what we're talking about, there's a chart floating around on the internet that kind of, like, breaks down what each route sort of this, the overarching plot, sort of, like, what you're going to find out. Themes. Yeah, the themes. Um, so it's if you're not sure which house you want to pick, um, look that up. It's really helpful. Or if you're, like... Well, I you could join our Discord. Like, it's there. It is on our Discord. It's true. Um, it's a good plug for the Discord. Show. Unless, of course, you're racist, in which case, no Fire Emblem charts for you, bucko. In which case, you're going to pick Black Eagles, because you're probably say. also a fascist piece of shit. There you go. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was going to say, you're yeah. the Black Eagles. You're going to pick the fucking Black Eagles. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's kind of what I've been playing nice. lately. It's good stuff. Yeah, um, a lot of stuff coming out in september and october to keep us busy but for now that's what i've been oh to. yeah so steve here are the sticks all right i'm taking the sticks so I, I played a ton of games at pax west but you can everybody can go listen to episode 94 where i was a crazy man speaking to myself in a room 
into a microphone <laughs> for an hour. It's not awkward. So go listen to all the games I played. Actually, I did. So I did miss one in that, and I actually said it. I was like, I probably missed some of these things. I can't believe I missed this one. I fucking played Pokemon Sword and Shield at PAX, which I was pretty cool. It. it was pretty cool. Like, so I got to go. I, the demo basically started me with a list of like level 50 Pokemon. It had all three of the starters. None of them were evolved, which I was like, all right, you're not going to show us the evolutions yeah, just yet. I'll yeah. give you that. But it started you off in one of like the gyms. So you had to go through like the puzzles and you had to beat the, the other trainers and then get to mm-hmm. the, the final gym battle. Nice. So I, I wiped the floor with all the trainers and then I get to the gym battle one and they just had like this ridiculous Pokemon that was like a rock water type so okay. it was like resistant to electricity, which really kicked me in the dick. <laughs> and it like dynamaxed grass. before I did. Grass. <laughs> I tried. I tried using grass. It Dude, didn't do anything because really? the rock. No, I thought rock was weak to grass. Maybe I'm thinking ground. I, rock is like weak to like fighting and um, air, like uh, burns. Yeah, like of I would because. Uh, that Pokemon, old dynamic, rock versus yeah, fighting. Pokemon <laughs> Yellow, because like Pokemon Yellow, I'd always like grab a Pidgey, rank it up to a Pidgeotto. Be- yeah, because like Pikachu's fucking useless against Brock. <laughs> Anyways, I, I'm not going to get into my hatred for Pikachu on this topic, <laughs> but I will say Sword and Shield looks awesome. Like, oh God, it just looks super modern. I need to brush up on all these Pokemon. It's... Mm. It's, it's a okay. lot. Like, I don't know the mixes of, like, the, the, the classes and things like that. So I, I got to do my homework yeah. before it comes out. But, like, I was going to get it anyways. And now, after playing it, like, it looks really nice. The the, the gym battles are cool. Like, you're in, like, a full-on arena. Mm-hmm. So I'm all for it. And then they showed some stuff that we'll talk about the Nintendo Direct as uh, later today in patch notes. So they showed, like, some of the new features and a couple of new Pokemon and things like that. Mm-hmm. Other than uh, the PAX West stuff, I've been playing... I finally started playing Ape Out. And that game is just a ton of fun. It's nice. just, have you guys seen Ape Out? The, yeah, uh, I saw yeah, that the gorilla. Manny, Manny did a video it. on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Years ago. When he still existed. <laughs> he used to exist, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, no, I've been playing it, and it's an absolute blast. Like, it's just running around, causing chaos as a gorilla, trying not to die, and seeing if you can make it out of the building in time. <laughs> and it's it's one of those things, like, when I'm just really kind of itching for a game to play, but I can't settle on something, I can just pick that up and, like, play through a couple levels and have a good time. Yes. I've been going really, like, back to the Switch a little bit, so I, I started playing a little bit more of my friend Pedro, so I got a little bit further in that. The game is really fun. It's not, like... I don't know, because after playing kind of, I guess, like, The Messenger and then, like, Katana Zero... So with like Katana Zero and this one are very similar. They both kind of do like that slow time mechanic and like things like that. I think I've had more fun with Katana Zero just because with my friend Pedro, I just like spam spinning. And when you're (laughs) spinning, like you can't get hit. So like, I don't know. That's just kind of, it takes a little bit of the, the creativity out of it. Like I've had some cool kills and stuff like that. There's been some like really like, oh, that was really awesome. Like some of those moments. But I don't know. I just haven't really got like hooked on it. Like I got hooked on to Katana Zero. Yeah. Uh, I've still been plugging away at Marvel Ultimate Alliance. That's another one. It's just like I'll do like a level here and there, just because of the style of game it is with like the button mashing. It's not something that I can like play for hours on end because sure. my thumbs literally just get yeah. tired. <laughs> like I'm an old man now. Button mashes are a young man's game. <laughs> I don't have those oh limber thumbs. I gotta do like thumb yoga. <laughs> but uh it, it is a lot of fun i got like a pretty good squad right now like i got i got black panther unlocked i got storm unlocked storm is fucking awesome she's just like 
throwing lasers or like excuse me lightning from a distance mm-hmm. she's great so i got a pretty good little squad having a fun time with that and then <laughs> i actually went back to gta online yesterday because I, I took yesterday wow. off to like recover from pax mm-hmm. west and like catch up on sleep and just you know my immune system and so I re I reinstalled GTA Online not too long ago just because I wanted to check out the casino. And so I did kind of just like my CEO, my biker gang missions, and then I did go check out the casino. And I went on a heater playing blackjack. I turned 5,000 chips into like 25,000. I was Damn, like, I'm going to walk away yeah. for now. Because it was man. literally like a real yeah. casino where like I looked down at my phone. I was like, I've been in this fucking casino for like an hour. I, gotta get out of here. <laughs> I, I need to leave immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done the high roller tables yet because you have to like buy one of the penthouses with your in-game money and like it's like a million like a million and a half and let me I, I got the in-game bucks don't you worry I got a pretty successful <laughs> cocaine gun running empire but uh I don't know if I want this penthouse just yet I want to see if the casino is going to get you know more of my attention but it's fun to go back there just because like I, I love doing those like the the stealing the cars like the doing the the cocaine running like doing the ceo and biker gang missions and then i have a couple of friends who still play so like every now and then we fire up some heists and the heists are so much fun i i absolutely love the gta heists there's um for twitch prime loot you get uh for there's a free master penthouse and other stuff by the way i don't know if you know aha i think i'm gonna have to snag that then thank you i'll have to do that because i could have a penthouse fucking hang out in there And then I also went back to playing a little bit of Spider-Man and started a new game plus oh, on that. Okay. I've just kind of gone back to playing some games in between playing Madden because, like, I know Borderlands is coming out. There's a couple other Switch games coming out, like, right around the next couple of weeks, too. So I didn't I didn't really want to jump into Assassin's Creed because, like, again, right. it's falling to the backlog because I'm like, I know this is going to take a lot of time. And I know there's, like, a ton of shit coming out. So I just kind of started picking up some old games and doing some of that, that shit. That makes sense, yeah. Assassin's Creed is gonna get played, like, maybe, like, in 2030. When I'm just <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I still have this fucking game. But that's uh, that's what I've been playing. That's been a good time. And for all you folks out there, give us a call. Let us know what you've been playing at 347-509-5620. And with that, it's on to the topic of the podcast. But before that, the show is sponsored by Nerdiest Brands. So go check out nerdiestbrands.com for some awesome nerdy gear. They got t-shirts, they got hats, they got stickers, so you can put stickers on all your cool gaming things. So go check out nerdiestbrands.com, that's nerdiest, N-E-R-D-I-O-U-S, brands.com, and use the code plus one discount, that's plus the number one discount for 15% off your order. And now, we move on to the topic of the podcast, which is all about nostalgia, because like I said at the beginning, we saw with like WoW Classic coming out, we got... Final Fantasy VIII just re-released mm-hmm. yesterday, yesterday. <laughs> literally yesterday. We saw some things in the Nintendo Direct that we'll probably talk about here instead of, yeah. I mean, we'll talk about it in both spots, but I guess we'll cover it more here. And really, it's all about like focusing on how the nostalgia of these titles impacts our perception of them now. Is it good? Like, are we looking at these games with, what is it, rose-colored glasses? Is that the saying? Yes, yes. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Good, I got that one. Got so it. are we really looking at it with like rose-colored glasses or are, are these games holding up and standing the test of time? And because like there are other ones too, like some of these ones that are coming out where we kind of ask, did did we need this to be remastered? Yeah. And I can kind of think of one and I am a PlayStation fan and I did enjoy this game on PlayStation 1, but like Medieval, like did that 
really need a remaster? And like, <laughs> did Battletoads need a remaster in the way it was? So we're going to kind of get into like all these games, what has worked in terms of nostalgia and in terms of remasters and what's kind of fallen flat and how can nostalgia almost play negatively on how we kind of perceive these mm-hmm. games. So we'll get into the whole thing. So I guess we'll kind of just kick it off with, because I know we got a Final Fantasy fan here. How are you, like, what are your thoughts on these remakes? Because with Final Fantasy VIII coming out yesterday, and yeah. of course there's the big one coming out, supposedly, in March. Supposedly, yeah. Final Fantasy VII. We've yeah. been hearing about this for years. So Good grief. Yeah. I guess like, kind of how do you like it? How do you look at it in the sense, because you're, you've been a pretty diehard fan, yeah. and I know you've talked about ones that you've liked to see remade. Right. So how are you going to kind of receive these games once they come out? Well, one's already out, but once the other comes out. Right, right, right. So, I mean, I think Final Fantasy as a series is in an interesting place because the last couple titles have not been well received. Yeah. Um, for various reasons. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say it's just because, oh, this is different from the old ones and I don't like it, but there is like a fair amount of people that did say that about right. um, some of the newer games. And so, in a way, it's kind of like, oh, well, like, these were good Final Fantasies, or at least better than um, the current gen ones. So, you know, it's it's like, oh, we're still sort of getting content um, that we can right. go back and play. I mean, the FF7 one in particular, I, I think is, like, very much needed. Because that, personally, that game is, like, one of the ones I find the hardest to go back and play because the graphics are so weird. There's, yeah, they're weird in between sprites and sort of that PS1 era when people actually looked kind of like people. But like, it's like a classic game. And like, right, it's like the one that got everyone into Final Fantasy. Um, so I- I'm super excited for that remake. I am. I definitely have some reservations because I know that they are doing some different things with the battle system and this or that. We'll see how it goes um because i'm not quite sure if square knows what they're doing anymore (laughs) just given some of their choices with other things i'm like i don't you know if it ain't broke don't fix it kind of thing yeah Um, yeah but yeah i mean like with the ff8 remaster and they've i mean throughout the years they have remastered old final fantasies they remastered the snes ones for ps1 um, right you know and like for game boy and like just they they've done this over and over and like i don't know i like i like it because a i get to replay them but i also think it's great for like bringing in new players maybe who yeah did play like 15 or 13 and like kind of liked it and it's like well this is you know this is the old stuff we've been playing with the nice little coat of paint maybe get you into into it a little bit more um you know, I'm sure there's a lot of, like, kids out there that just know Squall as, like, the meme. You're the best-looking guy here. Like, that meme, that's all they know about <laughs> FFA. Right, right. So, you know, it's it's cool to bring them back in. But, yeah, yeah as far as, like, remasters go, it is, it is kind of a weird – FF is in a weird place because I think at this point people are more hyped for remakes and remasters than they are for, like, the new titles just because it's, like, 
the last couple. They've been disappointing, so it's understandable. And it and it took forever for them to come out. So even if yeah. like they announced FF sixteen tomorrow, people would be like, okay, well I'll set my calendar for ten years from now. That's King. That was like Kingdom Hearts three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As, as like, someone who's like on the outside looking into Final Fantasy, I feel like all they ever announce is remasters. Like I I don't know when was the yeah. last time they announced a new game. When was fifteen? When did that come out? Fifteen. 15 came out in 2017. It was announced in like 2006. Okay. All right. That's a pretty big gap. Yeah. It was <laughs> announced a like gap. a very long time ago. That's like um, the Shadow of Colossus. No, no, no. It wasn't The Last Guardian when <laughs> that uh, the Last Guardian was announced for like PlayStation like 10 years ago. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, here it comes. They like shadow dropped it almost. Like, oh, yeah, here it's out now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because it was, like, originally going to be, like, a spinoff of 13, yeah. and then it fell through, and, like, it, all this weird stuff happened, and it eventually became its own game. Um, but, yeah, no, they haven't they haven't announced an FF16 um, or, like, anything else new, um, unless you count FF14 expansions. Right. Um, that's really the only new original Final Fantasy content we've gotten since uh, FF15 came out, so... Wow. Yeah, it's weird. Um, but like, I I love the remasters. I love replaying them. I love seeing new people getting into the series for the first time. So, in this particular case, I'm all for it. All right, because I was like the way I was kind of looking at it was, would you prefer to have a new, unique story in your favorite series, or would you prefer to kind of go back and play the stories that you know are good, just updated to be more modern yeah i mean that's a great question like like i said i don't know what square is doing anymore <laughs> with a lot <laughs> making, of things. making fat cats that people want so that's how they get their money i know well that's yeah fat like, cats. stares at your fat cat in the back so like puts asses in the seats literally <laughs> like while ff15 was like slowly dying and like on life support the the guy who took who took it over from the first person um, that like kind of created it was like talking about how like he saw like the future of the series as like LARP or something like he's like <laughs> I want like if what? if I had my way I would take it like beyond the console with like experiences where you're meeting people in person and like going to the Square Enix cafe and it was just like oh my God. Looney Tunes like crazy shit that i was just like okay <laughs> this is weird like it's like whoa, whoa whoa this guy wants us to like meet in person what <laughs> well, well it was just like it's a video game series like yeah yeah deliver a video more game information <laughs> via the video game yeah FF, i hear that because ff15 also had like in order to understand the story you had to watch a movie <laughs> <laughs> like there was a movie oh that God. that like they put, I remember like, that it was on like Amazon Prime from the movie that was like in the game and I was like but it, it like actually filled in like quite a big chunk of story information you shouldn't have to watch a movie to play a game and it was not it was not for free <laughs> at the time it launched that's wild yeah that's it was insane. just like but it was like so it was like a movie and the movie was all CG so like they. The character models looked like better, and they got mm -hmm. like different voice actors. So <laughs> they couldn't even keep it consistent. Yeah, it was just it was just so. 
so like it's like decisions like that that make me think like maybe i'll just stick with re-releases of the good stuff <laughs> all right so I don't for, know what they're for final doing fantasy anymore. yeah stick with the, what but worked like, in the past yeah <laughs> ff14 you know naoki yoshida is who's the creator of that he's doing great he's creating new shit it's great yeah um, they should give him all the franchises as for enix because he knows what he's doing yeah. one out of how many i know well, I, I'm kind of along the same boat, like, if, it depends, like, so, like, how you said Final Fantasy has not had a good track record lately outside yeah. of Final Fantasy fourteen expansions, um, if, like, a series that I really care about or am invested in is, ha- hasn't been doing well, I'd rather they just kind of, like you said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, yeah. just re-release, remaster the old stuff that's good, you don't even you don't have to tell a new story. It's all done for you, which is why I don't quite understand like book to movie adaptations. It's written, it's not hard, whatever. Um, <laughs> People can't read, Christine. <laughs> right? Oh my More god! More than two hundred and forty characters in one sitting. Are you crazy? <laughs> it's too many characters. Yeah. I miss one forty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh god, attention span. Exactly. But I always like to see like new ideas and fresh takes on things sure as well. so yeah. it's very it depends on how well something's been doing yeah honestly. right right it's because like for me one of the ones i go back to is the socom series because obviously i speak very fondly of the ps2 era games like socom one two and three even combined assault combined assault was awesome because it like mixed a few of the maps for multiplayer from all the games it was awesome but then when it hits PS3, the first one we get, we're like, oh, cool. We finally get a new SOCOM game. It's been so long. And it's an online-only game. It just doesn't have the same feel at all. And yeah. then when they finally release the so-called SOCOM 4, it just feels like such a completely different game. It just didn't have all the stuff that made SOCOM great. And so at that point, I was like, why can't we just like remake these ones? Because those ones were great. Like, the campaign... Right. The story was, like, Bear talks about it when he was on a few episodes ago. The story was shit, but, like, the gameplay was incredible. It was mm. awesome to kind of go do that stuff, and it just didn't translate the way we kind of all thought it would, and then Zipper Interactive folds. So now you just kind of left, like, all right, we're never going to get anything there. But then there's tons of series where, like, I want, I don't want to see them do remasters. I want to Same. see them try to go out there and make something new. And yeah. like for one of them is the Resistance series because now that Sony bought Insomniac, everyone's kind of like, oh, let's get like a you know a remastered trilogy on PS4 with Resistance, like or maybe we just yes, do another maybe. new game in that series because that series was fucking awesome and there's so many stories that you could tell within it. So like because yeah. it did technically have an end, but it doesn't matter. It's like a worldwide catastrophe. Like there's so many stories you can tell. Fuck. Yeah. Tell the story from the other perspective. Let us be the Chimera. Who knows? But so that's a series where like I feel like there's a potential that they could remaster it and bring it out on PS4 or PS5. And hey, that'd be cool. I'd love to play those three th- those three games again. It's an amazing trilogy. But I also would love to see what they could do with a new installment because you know Insomniac is a talented studio. And they progressed each game, story-wise at least. The gameplay in two took a took a step back, but otherwise everything else was great. Mm-hmm. So it's weird because like 
I would love to. I just love seeing new adaptations on things. Like the same thing with like God of War. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure, the the name of the game was just redone, but it's completely different from anything we'd ever seen in the four games that preceded. Well, I guess the six games, if you count the PSP games. <laughs> yeah. So like in those games that preceded it, it was completely different. Everything was changed and it was truly remarkable. It was one of the greatest games I've ever played. And it was one of those instances where they completely reinvented the series as opposed to like remastering and telling mm-hmm. old tales. So I, I think nostalgia can it can take us so far and being like, oh, this game was so cool. But then when I look at what was shown at E3 for Battletoads, I still like obviously with Battletoads, it's one of those games that I fucking hate that I love it because yeah. it's so brutal. But the I love everything about it. Like the gameplay was perfect. Like the animations were amazing. And then the new one comes out and you're like, why did they make it like yeah. extra cartoony? And like, why mm-hmm. couldn't they just keep it as, you know, the eight, like, the 16-bit graphic that they had? Right. Because it, they they had ports for Sega Genesis and like SNES. So you don't have to do like the 8-bit port that was on the NES. Right. Like 16-bit graphics are in. Like they're all the they rage. Are. Go to go to any con, go to any yeah. indie booth and you can see all these games with amazing 16-bit graphics. And they're like, "Let's make it like a cartoon." I'm like, "No. <laughs> Don't make it a cartoon." Yeah. And so that kind of like pulls me out of it because I was excited about that. It was like, "Cool. Another chance to like get into Battletoads, play it on a modern system instead of having to like fire up my SNES Classic to play it." And now I'm like, "I I have no desire." to play that so it kind of like ripped it out so i think i think nostalgia can be as almost as harmful as it can be as positive yeah like it's definitely like a two-sided battle here i agree and i think i think what you were saying there like you know in certain instances where there is something that is like didn't age well about the game like Mm -hmm. ff7's graphics or you know something else where it was like hey this had a really great story but like the combat was like really bad or something like i think yeah. there's a great opportunity there for the remakes and the remasters um to kind of fix those issues um and that will like bring old fans back in and also bring new people in as well but like, yeah like you were saying with battletoads it's like this this is just a cash grab like yeah there's no reason to remake this Cause say I say I did the unthinkable and had a child of all things, <laughs> I wouldn't show them. I wouldn't show them that Battletoads. I would right. show them the Battletoads and be like, "Hey, you want to get introduced to the most frustrating game of all time? This is the one you want to look at." Yeah. And so on the flip side, with Final Fantasy, like say like if you with Final Fantasy VII remake, like say it's going to be as good as it looks, it's like it's going to yeah. be, and like as everyone expects it to be. If that comes or, like, you're trying to show your kids someday, be like, hey, I used to love this game growing up. You're yeah. not going to bust out, like, PS1 Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> no, with, like, You're going to be like, look discs. at this awesome one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, a yeah. four-disc game. That's yeah. insane. <laughs> and that one might have been three, but, yeah, I don't know. Um, exactly. Remember or when, like, games like, were on multiple discs? Yeah, like, the FF8 oh, yeah. remaster, like, I, I haven't played it, but everything I've seen, it's, like, it's basically the same game. It just looks better. They fix yeah. a few things here or there. It's like, that would be the one that I would show a younger person if I were trying to get them into the series or that game. So Yeah, and I feel the yeah. same way about like Crash Bandicoot and Spyro. Like, those are two remasters where the, the, they, they still play on all the nostalgic elements of it, where it's still kind of that frustrating gameplay for Crash, at least, because Spyro oh my God. is a little bit more of like an open world platformer. Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's still frustrating. Like, they still have like those tough movements that you have to make, but it just looks so much better. So, I would, that's the thing is like, I would, if I'm going to introduce someone to Crash Bandicoot, I'm not going to be like, yeah, 
get a PS1 version of the game and play that. But like, right. no, yeah, get the trilogy, the remaster. It's it's perfect. Like, it, it captures everything that was good about the old game. It just looks so much better. You know what's so funny is I find it more difficult now than I did as a kid. Because I got it. Yeah. And I'm not just because <laughs> I got it on the Switch, so it's different. Because I'll have portability. I also got the Spyro yeah. remaster. That, like, was perfect. I loved it. And I had a harder time with Spyro as a kid. Not so much this time. Crash, I'm like... I don't know if it's because I'm using a Switch, but the movements are so much more difficult than I remember. Oh, no, trust me. <laughs> I was like, playing on PlayStation. Hard. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. My friend, uh, we would go after school. If I would, uh, sometimes I'd go home with her to her aunt's house, and she had the PlayStation there, and we would take turns playing. We would breeze through the game in, like, three days after school. Yeah. I can't get past the level in 20 minutes. <laughs> I have two degrees. Oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like me and my neighbor, Cody, growing up. Shout out, Cody. He had it, so I'd always go to his house and we'd do the same thing. Just play through all of it. I don't know. It must have just been, like, high on Surge, you know? Just chugging yeah. Surge, gaming, <laughs> What it is, pizza. it's so hard. Yeah, now it's just like I'm laying in bed trying to play it. I'm just like, well, this fucking sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to play it. It's too hard. I'm like, fuck like this. I have to play something I need to get all these apples, but I keep falling off the fucking cliff and I can't get the apples. <laughs> yeah, no. Not a huge fan of it. Uh, but that's why that's why that nostalgia works, because I'm like, I remember this fucking game. <laughs> but now it just uh, looks way I'll... better. Yeah, it does look really good, and I, I just love the music and everything in it, too. But, man, I don't remember getting this frustrated. <laughs> yeah, one remake you loved, Steve, was Resident Evil 2. Oh, yes, but that, see, this is weird because, like, that was, like, rebuilding the game from the ground well, up. Well, that's, but that's what the FF7 thing is. It's that's true, that's true. And that's the same thing as, like, yeah. actually, you know what? This is tough because, like... If I were to show someone Resident Evil, I think I would go with like the original Resident Evil 2 first. Be like, look, really? you have to, I because I think you need to experience that frustrating camera. <laughs> like, because be miserable to enjoy the good things in life. <laughs> yes, because I don't think someone just picking up Resident Evil 2 remastered would appreciate it as much as somebody who played the original would. Because if you just pick it up. And that's your first in- intro to Resident Evil. You're like, oh, I mean, this is just like every other third person kind of shooter. Like, it didn't really reinvent the genre in any sense. It was, I mean, it definitely takes you out of the comfort zone because there's no autosave. You actually have to go to the typewriters yeah. and save just like you had in the yeah. original. So that is a little bit different than some games they'd experience. But otherwise, like gameplay wise, combat wise, that's nothing that they haven't seen before. So I think you'd have to play the original Resident Evil 2 to truly appreciate how big of an upgrade Resident Evil 2 Remastered was. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that is easily my favorite of the remakes yeah. because holy shit, is it such a cooler game remade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny because like if we were talking about remakes in Hollywood, this would be like, I would be so cynical right now and just be like, it's all trash. No one's original. It's all trash. Like, it sounds like my dad. He's just like, nobody has an original idea anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm watching this show on Amazon called Carnival Row, which, like, has some problems. But I'm, like, being, like, super kind to it because I'm like, this isn't based on anything. Yeah. It's just an idea someone had and made a television show. I'm willing to forgive so much just because it's, like, finally original content. Yeah. But I, I feel like in the gaming sphere, 
there's we still have like a good balance right now. There's way more not, original content in the game. We year. might not I, yeah. in ten years from now, but right now we still have a good balance between new stuff and yeah. remasters and remakes. Yeah. So, you know, it's you can kind of like look more fondly on the the um, re-releases because right. it's not you still got like you know ten new things that you can play if you don't care to revisit you know whatever exactly. Um, yeah. And, you know, comparing it to movies, I, for me, it's always different because you're playing the video game. It's more of, like, a hands-on, obviously, uh, experience yes. as opposed yes. to sitting there and, like, watching, like, I don't know, something that's already been done before a hundred times or, like, right. what's, you know, Harry Potter, you know, whatever, like, stuff like that. It's like, okay, yeah. it's whatever, it's based off a book, that's fine, but even with a game, like, like with the Final Fantasy eight and seven coming out, it's like mm-hmm. these games came out so long ago and like had such good life improvements that it's right. like, almost like a whole new experience. Whereas when you watch like a movie, it's how many time how many different ways can you tell the same story with a film? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and and just I mean, there are obviously some exceptions to this rule, but I feel like for yes. the most part, like a lot of the remakes in Hollywood are like not as good as the original um or you know like remade with like modern conventions like a lot of horror a lot of like remade horror movies are just kind of like yeah oh it's just jump scares now because like that's what's cool in in horror i will say the evil dead remake from 2014 fucking amazing so that one (laughs) That one. Have you seen the original? The original yes, trilogy? I'm yeah, I'm very so, yeah. fond of original Evil Dead. Yeah, no, I'm, me too. One of the best horror series it's of all a, times, especially when it gets like super campy. Like it's I love super campy. Yeah, Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, amazing. But this one is. It still has some of that like humor in there, but it definitely focuses more on like the horror aspects, and it does such a good job kind of flipping who you think is playing, you know, like the Suedo, like Bruce Campbell or something mm-hmm. like that. So like, oh, who do okay. you think, like the character so, you think is Ash, you're like, you're like convinced like this is like, this is like the, the new Ash of the new generation or whatever. And then you oh, find out like okay. who the, who the actual so-called Ash type gotcha. character is. That's a good one. Sorry. Yeah. We got sidetracked sure. on a good horror movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They, Sorry. Ex- they remakes <laughs> certainly exist. Um, they're good remakes in Hollywood, but. It's just, there's just so much of it right now that I'm like... Oh, yeah. It's too I have, much. I have serious fatigue, but in the gaming space, I think we're still striking that good balance. I hope it doesn't become like Hollywood, where in 10 years, all we're seeing are re-release, remaster. Yeah. I don't think we will, though, because unlike how Hollywood works, we're only really... You hear about, like, big names, and the only time you hear about, like, indie things is festivals... Um, We have so many indie games and companies and developers that get showcased like at PAX or Comic-Con, all of these huge things at like, you know, we think of Terry and the messenger, like how well they do. Um, And indies like are huge right now. So Mm -hmm. I think that's where the video game industry benefits is because people take a chance yeah on them whereas in films it's not as and it's just well received yeah like you were saying like with the festivals too it's like any indie game is on steam or whatever yeah so it's like it's very accessible (laughs) yeah it's very accessible for anyone whereas you know you might see a trailer for an indie 
movie that looks really cool, but it's like, well, it's only showing in five theaters in the country. Yeah, so. and even yeah. to get into that, like, it's You can only so, see it on like, Tuesdays at uh, one in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's so much more difficult to get accepted for yeah. movie criteria versus a video right. game. Right, which, that's very true. Good and bad, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, that it's just... True. Gaming is a much younger industry, so... Yes. There's just... It's just different. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly what I was going to mention is that there's a heavy focus on indies in the gaming space that really just adds to it because yeah. those are all so unique. Like, yeah, they take inspiration from other games, but it's always telling some unique story. So right. that's one of the coolest things. Like the game, the game of PAX West, one of the most unique games I've ever seen. Untitled Goose Game. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. So, <laughs> gonna, I've, I can't lie. Like that game looks, yeah. it's so much fun. I had such a blast honking around as that goose <laughs> taking shit from this fucking gardener getting them all soaked out oh, was the best it's such a ridiculous game <laughs> so i guess kind of like wrapping up on the nostalgia piece what would you say you look for in these remasters the most like do you want them to kind of be like a resident evil where it's kind of like a ground up overhaul or do you still want to see them kind of keep a lot of the similar aspects that you're used to? Honestly, and I say this about most things, depends on the game. Like, for the third time, if it ain't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it's like a game that was in major need of an overhaul in terms of graphics and combat or maybe even like some story elements fix, then fine, build it from the ground up. But if it's something hmm. where it's like, honestly, just the graphics and maybe like a couple other things need tweaking then that's fine too it it all depends on how well the original was done right right yeah i mean i i would say in terms of my excitement and interest level it is definitely much more towards those like complete overhauls again with something that probably needed it in the first place um, yeah yeah but like i think that will always get my interest a little more than just like okay, they, they put new graphics on right. FF8, kind of. Like, like I might get that, I might not. Um, I I love that people are talking about it right now, and, you know, that that's all very fun. But, like, in terms of me being like, let me give you my money, that's definitely more towards those um, complete overhauls because, right. to me, that's, like, new and exciting. And it's, like, you know, I, I have some, I have my nostalgia here, but I'm also getting, like, a completely new experience. Um, yeah yeah so that i would say i definitely lean towards that side yeah which I doesn't think happen I as often but <laughs> it's exciting when it does yeah i think i fall in that boat as well um mostly because again my experience with resident evil 2 like that one is hands down my favorite it was so well done so well received and then i think back like if ever comes the day where they really remaster metal gear solid one i gotta just keep putting it out there in hopes that it, it comes Bless. into fruition like if you if you dream it, you achieve it. Yeah. So if they ever do that, I would want to see like a complete overhaul to be Same. like like the the Shadow Moses area in Metal Gear Solid Four. Like Jesus give Christ. me that type yeah. of graphics, give me that type of flexibility in terms of like how I can move around, stuff like that. Give me those types of cutscenes too, like everything like that. Yeah. And I know people will be like, Oh, well they kinda of do it with Twin Snakes. I'm like, look. Not not the same. And yeah, and Twin Snakes also fucked around some of the cutscenes, so that can kick rocks, all right? Yeah. <laughs> Give me the original Metal Gear Solid 1, the perfect story, all that good stuff. But I definitely would lean more towards the, like the complete overhaul 
because I feel like there's a lot of ways, like, if I really wanted to play the game as it was, I could still find a way to do so. Like, whether it's, like, an old SNES Sega game or NES game, like, I could get that on my Classic. Or if it's a PlayStation 1 game, I could just go get a PlayStation 1 game. You can still play that on PS3 and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, like, I have access to things like that. So, like you said, if I'm going to be shelling out more money exactly. to play this game again, I'd like to see something done differently. Just so that way it kind of... Gives me a reason to go into it with, like, a fresh set of eyes. Yeah, yeah. But all in all, I think, like, we've kind of all talked about, it definitely has its place, and I think it's, I think nostalgia is very good, because I think, like you said, uh, Kate and Christine, where you were mentioning, it helps bring people into that mm-hmm. game franchise that might not have been into it, so I think that's a huge plus. I think it can be a little bit dangerous in the sense that, like, we might just be like, oh, this game fucking rules just because we loved it when we were playing it when we were, like, Absolutely. seven. Yeah. And now the game just doesn't hold up, but we're still, like, holding on to that hope. Like, yeah, this oh, game yeah. still fucking rules. <laughs> yeah. I, so I haven't experienced that in gaming, but I've definitely yeah. experienced that in um, other media, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, a little reluctance for some Goes games. a long way. <laughs> yeah, like, for like sure. FF8 for me to go back yeah. to and be like, ooh, I don't know um so yeah for sure yeah so all in all definitely has its place in the current gaming space i did not mean to rhyme that but here we are and so (laughs) if you guys out there have any thoughts on how nostalgia kind of plays a role in today's kind of gaming landscape give us a call 347-509-5620 we'd love to hear your thoughts and with that we're heading on into patch notes, but before we do, we get a little ad read for one Evil Tim. Evil Tim is the king of the remaster. He's not going to change a damn thing, though. He's going to oh. charge you double the original price. It's going to be the same content. However, you also have to pay a yearly subscription of ninety-two ninety-five to keep playing these remasters because Evil Tim always gets their money. Evil Tim Industries, more work for your mouth. Thank you, Evil Tim. We appreciate the sponsorship. (laughs) And so with that, it's on to Patch Notes. And this is Patch Notes 09.04.19, in which we update you on the gaming news that broke since last we spoke. And so for Patch Notes, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about because it's all about the Nintendo Direct. And since it kicked off with the worst kept secret in gaming, (laughs) Overwatch coming to Switch... Yeah. I'm going to kick it over to our resident Overwatch expert over here, Christine, so she can tell you all about it. Yeah, so not happy about it. <laughs> um, really? Yeah, I'll, so not, okay. When I heard that it was, like, official, because everyone knew it was going to be coming eventually, Yeah. like, some, I have a lot of concerns. One of them is that um, the online connection for Nintendo has never been known as notoriously good. Yeah, not good. So, for a game like Overwatch, where it is fast-paced, first-person shooter, like, team missions, like, not team mission, but it's, like, your team PvP, like, lag. It doesn't have a comm system on the Switch. Like, there's no comms (laughs) on the Switch. Yeah, how's that gonna work? (laughs) Well, it will cut down on toxicity, so there's that. (laughs) Yeah, because are they gonna gonna implement the chat feature? Like, is that possible? Yeah. Like, the typing chat feature, if there's no voice comms, like, what is the point of doing any sort of competitive mode over the Switch? Also, 
what is the overlap of people that want to play Overwatch but only have a Switch at this point when the game's been I out? I think that's for... a great question. <laughs> when it's been out for what, like yeah. two years? Two years? Three years. It came yeah. out 2016. Okay, so it's been three years. <laughs> it was years. 2016 <laughs> game of the year. Okay. So it's been out for three years. What is That's what I want to know. I want to know the stats of people who want to play overwatch but only have a switch at this point when it's been out so i do i do think that that might be their attempt to try to rope in more people because when it's not matt donna d of course asked me (laughs) and tim the question of what we thought about overwatch yeah is it dead or not i do i do think Ah. they are definitely gearing up for an overwatch 2 within the next year or so i I would say at least an announcement within the next year and then it'll come out in two years so I think mm-hmm. this is their attempt because, again, Overwatch kind of geared towards families, kids. So I think this is an attempt to try to get some of those roped in. And that way, when Overwatch 2 comes out, be like, oh, look at this. And then they go, it launches on Switch right at day one. Right. I don't know. Um, Again, I don't know that they're going to get that many new new players. Yeah. You might get people that are just diehard fans that will buy another copy for themselves. But also... It's not a cross-play game, correct? You can't play. Yeah, it's not. So let's say someone buys it on the Switch. I mean, I have it on, like, my two consoles on PC because I play with different people. But, yeah, like, you can't play with me when I'm on my PC or my Xbox or my PS4. So, again, those people that are like, oh, I have a Switch. I can buy Overwatch. How many of their friends are in the same boat? They probably already have it on something else. Is everything tied to your account? Like, your spins? No. And all that? So mm-hmm. you would be starting from yep. complete because, scratch. Right, because it's, yeah, you're, it's separate. So, like, I have my Battle.net account, like, right. linked, but my experience, my skins, none of that is the same on my Xbox versus my PC. Yeah. And I mostly play PC because it's a first-person shooter. Like, I'm not using a controller. No offense to right, that. Right. That's your choice. But it's just easier for me to do mouse and keyboard because that's... It Overwatch, I think, plays way better with a mouse yeah. and keyboard. There's other games, I think, that do fine either way. But I think in particular, because I find it's just so fast-paced. And if you're... I find you're just at a disadvantage if you're not. Yeah. Um, which, again, not sure how well that's going to play on a Switch. <laughs> if you're not using, like, a pro controller. Yeah. Yeah, I'm well, very curious. Yeah. Well, it's, it's releasing... Like right around the same time, or I think it's releasing after Damon X Machina, and Damon X Machina is selling like that controller thing that you can kind of that you can use as Joy Cons for a portable Switch, and it actually becomes more of like a typical gamepad that we're used to. Okay. So if anything, it might increase Damon X Machina controller sales. Yeah, I just Chris, I don't know. Yes, question: mm-hmm. um, Do you think possibly this is to draw in maybe more Japanese players? Like, like maybe maybe, maybe it's That's, just. Like, I mean, there's a good chance because did you see the thing. sales number recently where the Nintendo Switch yeah, for Switch a console sold? It's like ninety thousand. Next closest is like six thousand. Yeah, it's crazy. There, I know. Like in Japan, Switch is insanely popular. Oh and, yeah, it's the number one. And you might you you probably do have a fair amount of people that have a Switch and a PlayStation in Japan, but Mm -hmm. I would imagine, like, the overlap that we see here, where, like, you probably have a gaming PC and a Switch is not the same as it is in Japan. So I I kind of wonder if maybe it's, like, the maze isn't for you kind of thing. Like, this this isn't really for us. That's uh, totally... North Americans, Westerners over here. Yeah. 
that's yeah. totally possible um i don't think overwatch is super popular over in japan um but it's maybe much they more want popular. it to be right it's much more popular yeah. in like china yeah. and korea um, right 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 so that could be their tactic for doing it yeah i you know uh and if that were the case i would probably be thinking more along lines of doing like a japan release only first mm-hmm. and then porting it for north america yeah to see if that makes a difference because if that's right. your draw you know you're not i don't think you're gonna get a huge increase in sales here in north like north america right but yeah, that is I a mean, really good point and i'm in a group text with a few people so like manny and a couple other people they all play overwatch mm-hmm. and caleb was the only one who's like i'm gonna get it on switch everyone's like yeah i don't think i'm gonna get it on switch <laughs> i i can't yeah. imagine playing a team-based first-person shooter without comms and on like a shitty online network no offense intended, yeah but you know and the overwatch 2 thing i'm curious to see if that is something they're going to do because the whole point of overwatch from what i understand was that all the story in it is funneled through like comics and the shorts right, um, right. and then in-game dialogue so with overwatch 2 is it going to be a pve is it going to be like some sort of story-based game when their whole shtick was that it's it's an online you know multiplayer pvp game yeah um yeah but haven't you said yourself you really enjoy the pve i do the pv the pve events i think they i think they got something there i think they have an ability so you'll have one that's strictly competitive in regular overwatch and then overwatch 2 becomes a pve thing and then they just make a boatload of money yeah well that's because everyone's like take it (laughs) like i don't want to have to spend another 60 dollars for something i like which they're gonna do and if it's good i'll probably get it so i'm interested to see it they're gonna get my money if it's mostly pve because that's the best thing they do because yeah. the game is so toxic and if you're not playing in a six stack it is just like you dread it i can't i refuse yeah. to play unless i get at least three other people i know to play with me <laughs> i don't blame you <laughs> yeah all right moving so, yeah, on we'll, from overwatch. we'll have to see how overwatch does on the switch because yeah i have my reservations that it would hold up well mm. because switches online is not the best no nope. but after that, I'm glad they kicked off with that because I think they realized like everybody fucking knows about this. Yeah, we might as well just tell just them. Get right it away. over with. The elephant in the room. Yeah. yeah so because it was spoiled this morning, and then obviously it was spoiled like two weeks ago when Amazon leaked it. So it was spoiled <laughs> after like that, when everyone knew it was going to happen anyway. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> so after that, we go to Luigi's Mansion. They show a couple new levels, but they also talk about the PvP mode called Scream Park. It's like a four v four PvP. It looks actually kind of enjoyable. I don't know if I am going to be the type who would go out and get Luigi's Mansion. Like, it looks like it'd be kind of okay, but that's one, like, because it's going to be $60, I'd imagine, and I don't think I want to pay $60 to play a Luigi game. No offense, Luigi. Yeah. But uh, Mario's way fucking better. (laughs) The arcade (laughs) version of Luigi's Mansion at Dave & Buster's is a lot of fun. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so maybe I'll go there. Pay way less money. Yeah. Uh, after that, Oberdin is coming Yay! to the Switch this fall. Oh, so get it. for those so who good. haven't played it, yeah, I'd like I, I think I might end up checking it out there. That's a great uh, and then game. then that's when they talked about Little Town Hero. So turn based combat RPG. It's very much you know a game freak style game. And Christine, you'll be a fan of this. So the creator of Undertale, Toby Fox, he did most of the music. 
And so the battle, they showed a little bit of battle. And one of the things they highlighted was like during a battle, you could like move towards people in the town and have them help you in battle. And it's like all about like planning when your moves are going to be. It's all about strategy. So uh, that sounds like your alley, Kate. It sounds like a fire emblem thing. <laughs> that yeah. sounds like it might be one of, one of your moves. After that, Banjo-Kazooie is out now in Smash on Switch. So he's, as of this recording, he's already out. So by the time people listen to this, he's been super out. <laughs> and then they announced the Fatal Fury character, Terry Bogard. He's coming to Smash on November 19th. Then they also announced, because he's the fourth of the five fighter Lame. DLC characters, yeah. but then they announced that they're in development for more. No word on that's who, but they are developing more to for DLC fighters. So that's a hell of a roster for Smash. Yeah, I'm excited. They, they showed some more stuff with Dragon Quest XI, and they announced mm-hmm. that there will be a DLC that comes with it on day one, which is September 27th. That's when that will come out. And then they, this game <laughs> was so fucking wild to watch. This Fire Emblem, was it the Mirage Sessions FE Encore? Oh, Tokyo oh, the, Mirage Sessions the, FE the Encore. The rhythm game, right? Yeah, that was oh, a trip man. to watch. Oh, no. I did yeah, not I know was, what I was watching. I, like, I'm a sucker through. for rhythm games. Oh, I skimmed no. through the direct and like I saw something that looked like Fire Emblem and I was like, oh, is it the DLC? And then I was like... They're dancing. Yeah. So my original what is note. Happening? My original note was Fire Emblem characters are joining this wild dance fighting game? Question mark. Yeah, it looks like most so. of the characters are not Fire Emblem, but like no, yeah, a yeah. Couple, there's, just, like, there's just two. Yeah, Krom and like someone else from Fire Emblem are like, hey, yeah. we're getting pimped out here now. Kate, I know you played Final boxes. Fantasy Rhythm, all right? I didn't play that. I've it's never so played good. That. <laughs> I loved it. So yeah, I'll that totally was a, a nice a nice little trip in the middle of all that. Then it moved into Deadly Premonition 2. So that's, I mean, that game looks pretty cool. All about like a detective investigating a, ca- a case. And as the game trailer said, opens a door to the unknown. And so your character kind of journeys through past and present to kind of unfold the story. So that's coming out in 2020, but... Deadly Premonition Origins is out today on Switch, so people can go check that out. Divinity Original Sin 2 coming out, and it's out now, which is pretty cool. But the coolest thing that, I don't know if anybody caught it, when they were showing the trailer, it quickly showed Steam cross-save ability. So if you have Divinity Original Sin 2 on Steam, you can get it on Switch, and you can cross-save and bring your characters over, bring them on the go. That's pretty fucking cool. I've always wanted to get into it, and I think this might be the time I do it, because if I could take it on the go, why not? I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little caveat there, Steve. Oh, no. Um, I think I think the like interplay between Steam and Switch is really cool. However, um, I bought it for PlayStation 4, and just like after two hours was like this is a pc game i cannot like oh like i think they did the best they could optimizing it for console but it's just it's one of those old school western rpgs where you click on everything to look in every box to loot every corpse and it's just like with the controller it's just so so tedious so all right i love the idea of like i'm on a trip i'm gonna take my switch with me and play it for a bit but i think if you want to get into it and, like, you're going to want to spend your majority of the time playing it, like, with a keyboard and mouse. Just okay. My, well, just my thanks two for cents. the heads up. <laughs> now I'll have to think about that. <laughs> yeah. But after that, they did show, so Pete Hines made a little uh, a little cameo, and he announced Doom 64. So this little nostalgia trip that we were talking about. Yeah. 
they're releasing Doom 64 on the Switch on the same day as Doom Eternal. So it's coming out on 11-22 this year. Honestly, because like, I never had Nintendo 64, but it, it pretty much is just like a direct port. It, so it still has the same graphics, but it, I mean, like, that was the game that kind of put Doom on the map for a lot mm-hmm. of people. Because, I mean, people had it on PC and things like that, but Doom 64 was like that really, like, prime time look at me, I'm a pretty cool first-person shooter. So I think that'd be cool to, to dabble with because those games do play really well as their, you know, just genuine, their genuine state. Yeah. Because, like, they weren't trying to do anything crazy, and I kind of like the graphics of the old-school Doom. After that, they announced Rogue Company, which is coming out in 2020. Not too much on that. They Then they talk about Pokemon, so customization of your look gets a little bit more in-depth. So it's not just like shirts and pants. You can you can wear gloves. You can wear, if you wear gloves, gloves. Yeah. and jacket, <laughs> and you can put My on God. makeup if you want. Yeah. So a little bit more customization. You are able to go to the Pokemon camp at any Ugh, time, it's and everything. at the camp you can play it's with so the Pokemon. Cute. You can make them better, and then you can also visit other people's camps as well. Oh. And so you can do it up to three players at a time, and you get to actually interact with their Pokemon. I think you can only bring one Pokemon at a time. Yeah. Um, but you get to interact with your friends and other Pokemon as well. Uh, and then they so were talking cute. about this ridiculous rice curry. Uh, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> the make curry decks. Yeah, you gotta make curry on rice. So you can. There's, there's like a... 200 curries you can make. <laughs> yeah, so you gotta it's make like all poffins. the curries. You gotta make. You gotta become the master of curry. That's like poffins. It's same. <laughs> and then they show two Pokemon. One is called Poltegeist. <laughs> which is a fucking it's a teapot, teapot. <laughs> it's the teapot from beauty and the beast yeah. and it hides in the teapot it's a ghost it's... type and it has spo- a special ghost army ability so you can like summon a so ghost it... army so i thought that was really cute except for the part where they're like if you're if you really play your cards right they'll let you taste the tea and i was like yeah but it is the uh... tea I, I don't, don't want to taste that tea. No, I don't want to consume my Pokemon. Hard pass. Yeah. Hard pass on <laughs> yeah. that. And so after that... It is very cute, though. Yeah. yeah, it was a pretty cool little Pokemon. Then they showed Cramorant, which is a bird type. And this bird looks ridiculous. It, he it can, like, looks he, he looks so ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so his his mission, like his special move, it's called the Gulp Missile. <laughs> which he, <laughs> he, like, catches food. I think it was like a fish or something. He caught, like, a fish yeah. in his mouth. And then he could spit it back at the enemy. Very interesting. So I got to give them uh, a little credit. They showed a little bit more there. Uh, like I said, I still need to do so much homework on all these Pokemon to figure out what I'm doing. And then, finally, fucking finally, they announced Super Nintendo games on Switch. Mm-hmm. It's going to have online multiplayer. It's going to have local multiplayer. Lineup looks pretty solid. It's all online. Go check it out. Yeah. But as of recording, it'll be out tomorrow, the 5th. So by the time people hear this... It'll already be out there. So if you already have a Nintendo Online membership, you'll have access to these games. There's like 20 games coming out, so that's pretty sweet. I'm glad they're not like dink and dunking like two at a time like they do with the NES games. Like, did you want to play volleyball, NES? (laughs) No, I didn't want to play that. I wanted to play the SNES games. So now we can finally play a bunch of them, which is pretty fucking dope. So I'm looking forward to that. Quick ones, they announced a Tetris 99 update. So Tetris 99 fans go crazy. Then they announced Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games is going to Tokyo. So going to be a Tokyo version of it, Aww. and that comes out the 5th of November of this year. There's a new Damon X Machina demo available tonight, and it's the prologue of the game. And what will happen is the progress you get will carry over to the game if you do buy the game. So go check that out. I'm actually very interested in this game. I played the demo when Same. it came out a while back. 
and they've actually made some good updates to it. So I'm curious right. to see the updates and because it's very, very armored core to me. So it's it's mm-hmm. it's hitting that nostalgia itch. <laughs> but in a it's new all full way. circle. Yeah, all full circle. Yeah. And speaking of nostalgia, Star Wars Jedi Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast coming to Switch on November 24th. The Witcher 3, they showed that. It's coming out the 15th of October. I I feel like I'd probably rather play that on a console yeah. like PS4, but hey, if you're a, if you're a fan of The Witcher and you want to get it on portable, go crazy. Then they showed Assassin's Creed Rebel Collection, which will be Assassin's Creed Black Flag and Rogue in one collection. That's coming to the Switch. Dauntless is coming to Switch as well. And then they showed a bunch of new games with release dates. I got a couple. There were a couple that slipped through the cracks because it went way too fucking fast. My fat fingers to type. <laughs> and so we got Just Dance 2020 coming out, Grid Autosport coming out in uh, on, on September 19th. We got Farming Simulator, so shout out Phase coming Faze. out on <laughs> December 3rd. They're, they're bringing Nino Cooney over to Switch. Yep. Nice. Uh, a- NBA 2K20's release date was shown, but that's been marketed. So they got Call of Cthulhu coming out on October 8th. So more spooky games. Tons of spooky games coming out. Pretty good time. Uh, Devil May Cry 2 coming out on September 19th. Vampire coming out on October 29th. And they showed Animal Crossing. Tom Nook, he's up to no good again, trying to rope us into his timeshare. Uh, it's a yeah. deserted island getaway package just showing off. So they showed all the cool stuff you could do on the island. They give you a tent and they give you a Nook phone, which is totally tracking all of your data at all times. Yeah, uh, you know it. So you got to craft your cook. APR is on that tent. I oh, that's probably I bet the interest a thousand rate percent. Is absurd. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. Income the cousins or the nephews. Yep. So the, the one thing is cool, like you can go to people's islands and you can be on like your friends' islands up to eight players at a time. So that's pretty cool. Then they ended it with Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition coming in 2020, which I, I feel, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of Xenoblade Chronicles fans out there, but I thought, I thought that was kind of like a weird thing to end yeah, on. Animal Crossing probably would have been the stronger Either that or the and, SNES games coming right, to the right. Switch. Like, I feel like that would have been the big yeah. thing to end on. Because I, I really kind of felt like it was just like, oh, we have one more announcement. It was literally just like a quick shot of like the characters. And then and it was like Xenoblade like, Chronicles. Some and nice that was music. it. Yeah. So, I mean, all in all, though, we know that the end of this year is packed with all types of games. So that was kind of another look at what we got coming our way. Some good stuff. Like, I'm, I'm excited for a lot of games coming out on the Switch. I still have, like, <laughs> I was in the eShop a couple of days ago. And I was like dickhead don't buy any more games you have to play grease you have to play <laughs> fucking my friend pedro you gotta play ape out you're still playing marvel ultimate alliance i was like but look at all these new games that one's I only know. 10 bucks and I'm, I'm just having this inner monologue with myself and i had to hit myself so it was terrible but there's a ton of cool games coming out i, I just love the nintendo directs i love their i love the presentation of them yeah. i love how fast paced it is except when they do the game montage they can slow that down a little bit <laughs> or at least give us a list afterwards of what games right. they just showed <laughs> But all in all, it was a good one. Yeah. And with that, I would say we are done with patch notes. So that has been patch notes 09.04.19. And we brought you the gaming news that broke since last we spoke. And so with that, it's time to wind down episode 95. It's been a hoot. Talked about some awesome games. Talked about some nostalgia. And talked about all the great things that are coming from Nintendo in the coming months. So if you have any thoughts on the things we talked about tonight, give us a call at 347-509-5620. We'd love to hear from you. And with that, we wind down the show. And as always, if you've enjoyed this, go on whatever podcast service that you listen to us on, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, Pocket Cast, whatever it is, leave us a like, subscribe to us, write us a review. It goes a long way, and we appreciate the support. 
And if you've enjoyed this or anything else we produce, head on over to patreon.com slash plus one player. And if you're feeling generous, throw us a buck or two because every dollar you give us goes right back to the show to make it the best podcast in the gaming world. We have an amazing group of supporters and we'd love it if you would join that group. And so it's time to close out episode 95. We hope you have enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed making it for you. And as always, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, we appreciate you and we will talk to you all very soon. College, how does that, how do you say that? College of Tula, Chutulu, Chutulu? What? Call of Cthulhu. 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 Like college. What?